Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. of a father who has one son. He's a hard-working factory worker. One day he takes his son to a Saturday afternoon baseball game. And as his son swings the ball by, he fainted. So they, they rushed him and his wife, uh, John Archibald, races to the hospital, goes into the emergency room, and they give him bad news that, you know what, your son has a heart condition. Your son's heart is three times the size of a normal heart. So your son needs a heart transplant for him to live. So John contacts his insurance company and they told him the bill for this transplant would be $250,000. Uh, do the math for me. I can't find X. Those that can find X, please do the math. In, in shillings is what? Over a billion shillings. Huh? Way over a billion shillings. Mama, Evelyn, even here you're spoiling me. God bless you. Thank you. So, and he needed to do a down payment of 30% of that, which was $75,000. So he goes to his insurance company, and his insurance company gives him the bad news that, you know what, we can't cover this policy because we do not cover surgeries. His son is on a beeper in the emergency room. His life is going out of him, and he needed to look for $75,000 so that they could put his son on a donor list. Not even, you know, do an operation. Just to put him on the list to find donors who had a compatible heart. So because he was a poor man, he couldn't, he couldn't raise 30%. He tried to sell the things that he had. He could only raise 30% of the 30% deposit by doing fundraisers, kachai, you know, yard sale. So he goes in, he pleads with the hospital management and tells them, look, I will work all my life to pay back this money, but please put my son on a donor list so he can have a new heart. And the hospital, because it was a money-making venture, they couldn't take him in, and he did the unthinkable. Because his son was dying and the system could not help him, John Archibald, John Q., got a gun, went into the hospital and took the entire emergency room hostage. And he says, I am not releasing these captives until my son is put on a donor list. And of course it becomes news. Huh? Long story short, I don't want to spoil the movie for you because you need to go watch it. It's an interesting movie. Long story short, they failed to get a, donor's, um, a donor for, for, for the heart. It was, a, it was a crisis. John Q decides to take his own life so that they could take his heart out and put it into his son. And the doctors advised him against it. They said, you, you cannot take your own life because we are not even sure if your heart, your vitals, your blood group, and all these things are compatible. He said, he is my son. My heart will fit. And do you know, you want to know how it ends? Go watch the movie. Long story short is this. I have never seen a movie and I've watched a few where a father's love is exemplified with so much grace like the movie John Q. A father was willing to go to the extent 
to the point of taking his own life so that his son could have a new heart. And you know, it's so interesting that the love of God that is that God eternally gives. You know, that movie is a small glimpse of the understanding of how God loves us. He eternally gives of himself to others because love gives. It is said that you can love without giving, but you cannot, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Love is the very essence of who God is. For God so loved, hmm? worship harvest, for God so that he God's love was made manifest in the person of Jesus. In his life, his birth, his service to humanity, and ultimately his death on the cross. And I just want to set a preamble this morning by sharing a couple of scriptures just to drill in what we're talking about this morning. First John chapter 4 verse 9 and 10. God showed how much he loved us. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Romans 5, 8 says, By God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to clean up our act in the midst of our mess. Christ died for us. And that shows his love, the love of the Father. And the love of God is drawn in your heart and you're required because you follow him to reciprocate his love through the summation of the commandments where we ask, look, you're not following rules here. Because he loved you, you ought to love him back with all your heart and all your, uh, and all your, and all your, and then love others as you love yourself. That is simply the requirement. When you behold the love of God, the love of God goes through you to love him and love others. And it's a beautiful relationship. So God's highest motivation his love became Christ's highest expression, his death on a cross. That is, if you're to take anything out of this message, this is what I want you to take. God's highest motivation, his love for you and I, was Christ's highest expression, his death on the cross. Because dying, according to the Gospels, is the highest expression of love. The Bible says in John chapter 15 verse 13, that greater love has no man than this, than that he should lay down his life for his friends. The highest expression of love is when you lay down your life for your friends. Jesus exemplified the apex, the epitome of our, his love for us by his death for us. And Christ commands us to love as an expression of our devotion to him and to the Father. He says in John 15, 12, that this is my commandment, that you would love one another as I have 
loved you. That you would love one another as I have loved you. And because our imitation of God's love will only be seen in the way we love others, we need to take this message as a matter of priority. We live in a world that is lost, far from the Father. The only way you can introduce, the most potent way, not the only way, you can introduce the gospel to them is to love them. Simply love them. Because love is devoid from the world. The world is seeking love. It's trying to find it in so many places. But love eternal, love everlasting, love unconditional, it is expressed in the person and the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because we are his followers, we are Christians, followers of Christ, we embody the love of God wherever we are. And when you express it, people see God. Have you ever given a beggar some money on the street? What is usually their default response immediately? Huh? God bless you. They don't even greet you. Because an act of love opens the eyes of the world to see the love of God. And guess who the carrier of the love of God is? You and me. The Bible instructs us very clearly and explicitly regarding our response to God's love in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Beloved, someone say beloved. Turn to your neighbor for me. Tell them, Beloved. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is... For God is... God does not do love. Love is God and God is love. It's the very nature of who God is. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. That God has sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. That we might live through him. In this is love, verse 10. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, someone say beloved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God does what? Abides in us. And his love has been made perfect or has been perfected in us. Jesus sealed this when he said, that the way the world would know that we are his, that we are his disciples, is the way we loved one another. He says this in the Gospels. That the world shall know that you are my disciples. Not by how well you quote scripture. Not at the frequency of your visitation to church. Not by your good deeds sometimes. But the world shall know you as my disciples by the way you love. Because I dwell in you. So having given this as a preamble, I want to take us a little bit deeper for us to really understand the Father's love. How do we make sense of the love of God? What does this even mean? You know, it's talked about an orphan lot. Before I can go any further, I want to say this, and I wish I could say it as deeply and vulnerable to you, Worship Harvest, as it resounds in me and as I have walked in it. 
Hear this, friends. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you. His love for you is deep and unsearchable. His love is so sincere that it compelled him not to withhold his very best, but to give him up. To give him up. Friends, let me tell you, I only have one son. The Lord has blessed my wife and I with four children. Three girls, one boy. He is like me. They say he walks like me. He's taking up after my mannerisms. I look at this guy and I'm like, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is my heir. This guy is going to carry my legacy. I look at him and I say, you know what? I love my neighbors. I love you guys, worship harvest, but I could never give my son to die for you. Hey, mama. I could never. My love is not that deep. And I guess that is why I'm not God. Because the love of man can be conditional. God gave up his son. How many parents are here? Do you feel the weight as a parent to give up your child simply because you love people who are your enemies and are far and strange from you? My goodness, what manner of love. That is the love of God. God's love surpasses all human knowledge and understanding. It is difficult for any of us to, to grasp this fully. But we need to get it. We need to understand it because it's the truth that you are beloved of God. God's love is extravagant. God's love is lavish. God loves you on your good days. God loves you on your bad days. When you feel it and when you don't feel it. When you think you deserve it, even when you think you don't deserve it. You can't make God stop loving you. God will never love you any less than he does right now. He will never love you any more than he loves you this second. Because God's love is not based on who you are or what you can do for him, God's love is based in essence on his character. It is who he is. He can't help himself but to love you. <laughs> so your number one calling, worship harvest, child of God, is not to do anything for God. Your number one calling is to receive God's love. That's what the gospel of salvation is. It's to receive the love of God. Then everything else, service, ministry, all these are building blocks. He loves and he's knocking and he's calling every single day. The Lord beckons on his lost children. I love you. Welcome home. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 gives us a glimpse on this love. It says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. This is Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. And he says, I pray that from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you have trusted him. That your roots will grow down into God's love. That your roots will grow down deep into God's love. 
and that I would keep you strong. And that you may have the power, someone say power, to understand, someone say understand, as all God's people should. How? Come on. How? Wide. How? How? Even higher than Noah Balensamvu. God's love is higher. <laughs> you know when you were welcoming me, I feared hugging you because I, I needed to go up on my heels to even... Let me, let me not get distracted here. <laughs> and that you may have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, and how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it's too great to understand fully. Let us look at these dimensions of God's love. God's love is expressed in dimensions. It is high. It is wide. It is long. It is deep. How wide is God's love? It is wide enough to be everywhere. It is wide enough to be everywhere. God's love is everywhere. Even in the most unlikely places. God's love is in the bar when people are drinking away. God's love is on the streets when women sell their bodies to find food for their children to eat. God's love is in the hospital when the sick lie in pain. God's love is even at a funeral when we are laying our loved ones to rest. It's in the deepest pain in our homes. It's in your toughest time in your marriage. His love is there. It's everywhere. It's there when your children are being rebellious and are far from God. Because God's love is everywhere. You need to receive his love. You need to receive his love. His love is in the midst of your pain right now. Whatever you're going through, my brother, my sister. Because how wide is God's love? It is wide enough to be everywhere. And I know you might be in a place right now where you don't feel it. Where you're estranged from the love of God because of the cares and the worries of this world. Because of the pain that your heart has been shackled by. But I want you to know that his love is there nonetheless. God's love is there nonetheless. How long is God's love? God's love is long enough to last forever. Oh! It makes it different from human love. It's long enough to last forever. From everlasting to everlasting, we are beloved of God. And I don't know about you, friends. You know, when the Lord redeemed me, I came from religion. And religion taught me, at least the one I subscribed to, that, you know, you had to pile up good deeds to earn the love of God. God's love is everlasting. It lasts forever. And you come into the equation, you're a beep. He surrounds you with his love because it is who he is. The reason why you need God's love because it never wears out. Even when our love for one another wears out. Our love is conditional. We love each other based on what we can do for each other. Mpa, mkuwe. Scratch your back. Huh? That is what we predicate our love upon. And that's why it's shaky. 
The love of man is shaky. You can't trust the love of man. It is built on a sandy ground. But the love of God is eternal. Turn to your neighbor for me. Tell them the love of God is eternal. Receive his love. How high is God's love? It is high enough to overlook your sin and my sin. God's love is high enough to overlook your sin. That is how high his love is. It overlooks my flaws, my mistakes, and my rebellion. There is no sin big enough that the love of God, through the shed blood of his son Jesus Christ, cannot wipe away. Absolutely none, not one. His love washes over sin. Because the Bible says that love does what? Covers. That's what love does. It covers a multitude of sin. Not just one sin. A multitude. A multitude means countless. Hmm? Countless. Even if you've lost count of how much you failed God, I fail him every single day of my life as I try to grasp his love. Even then, his love covers me. That's how high God's love is. That is good news, and I will give praise to God for that. How deep is God's love? It's deep enough to handle anything. No matter what heart you're going through, my friend, what pain, how deep your heart was broken by a friend or a relative, God's love is deeper still. You may say, Hassan, I have messed up. I'm in the pits. I have hit rock bottom. I'm in the pit of hell, literally. Let me tell you, friend, God's love goes deeper than your deepest pits. It goes lower than your lowest problem. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper. The Bible says that when Christ died, he did not ascend, but he descended to carry on the work of redemption. He went that deep, the Bible says. And he reaches to us in the depth of our own mess. And he calls us yonder because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he loves us. And all we need to do is receive it. So, how would your life change? This is a question for you to ponder. How would your life change or how different would your life be if you were constantly aware that you are deeply loved by God? If this thing was recalibrated in your mind and you were constantly in awareness of God's love, how different would your love be? Let me share with us three things and then I'll draw to a close of how different my life would be if I was constantly aware of God's love. Number one is I would feel accepted rather than ashamed. Many people walk this earth avoiding God. And the reason they avoid God is that they feel ashamed. They feel guilty. They feel condemned. 
They feel judged. They know that God is a perfect God and they are so unperfect. So they hide from God. They avoid him. Because to them, being associated, associated with God is condemnation. But is that who God is? Is that the God we just read in scripture? But many, especially in the house of God, it is one thing not having relationship, but when you're in relationship and you walk as an orphan, feeling estranged from the God who loves you, you need to be aware of his love. Because I feel accepted. Jesus said that he didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him, through Christ, the world will be saved. And the Bible says that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So walk freely, walk accepted, and not ashamed. Because you have a father who loves you. You have a father who loves you. Somebody snap your finger at your head and say, recalibrate. Recalibrate. You know, let me tell you, we hear these things a lot, but sometimes it, there needs to be like a recalibration in our mind, like a reset, to hit a reset button, to say, eh, banange, I am loved. Anjagara. I remember Pastor Lynette during the hymn night led this song, Anjagala, and I bowed like a baby. I just cried. I couldn't hold myself. Yet I have very few tears in my lifetime. I calculate what I cry to. You, you know, men, what I'm talking about. But man, this lady sang this song and I felt the love of God wash over me and my eyes began being a little bit misty. Because guess what? For me, it was like a recalibration that actually, Anjagala, why do I walk like an orphan when I'm a son of the Most High God? Why do you walk like an orphan when you are a daughter of the Most High God? He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Accept it. <laughs> mm. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 1, listen to this. By faith we have been made acceptable. Someone say acceptable. And now because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. When was the last time you lived at peace? You can't help it. Hmm? In, in what? Because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace. And you know what the love of God does? Is that it sets me free and sets you free from the addiction of approval. Oh, how we want to be approved. We grow up in broken homes and broken societies. We live to please men so that we could find a little bit of value. Maybe they will accept me. Many of us have grown up in the wilds of rejection. You are rejected by your own parents because you lived with a step-parent. Some of you never knew your parents. You've grown up in the root of rejection. And you, it's very difficult for you to accept the love of God. I was that young man once. Lost my father at 11. Grew up in a painful teenagehood. Where the person who raised me as my guardian spoke all sorts of negativity towards me. I would never amount to anything. I was a non-starter. I would die before my years. And I started swallowing these things. So I used to go to boarding school. And in boarding school, you have no idea the things that I did. Just to be loved. 
I had all the girls chasing after me. Uh, don't try this at home. I was not yet born again. I loved to please everyone and everyone. I had a cohort of friends that I would like to do things for. I was craving approval and affirmation. And I see it. I see it every time I'm on social media. I see young men and young women trying to scour for approval from the world. You wake up, draw an eyeliner, do your hair, put on makeup, take a nice selfie, and post uh, with the, with the, uh, you know how you, you point, why do you point your lips to, anyway, that I will never understand. And then you post and say, hashtag, woke up like this. Really? And guess what we are craving for? You're craving for approval. Love me, love me, love me, love me. I want the likes to come in so that I feel good about myself. You will never feel good about yourself outside of the love of God because it is He who draws you in with an everlasting love. Accept His love. Come wow. I'm touching people's buttons. I'm shaking the... <laughs> We're so worried about what people think about us. My goodness, if only the Lord would reveal to us how much He loves us and how that would liberate us from living under the shackles of approval, we would be free. Our hearts would be open to His love. May you receive that in Jesus' name. Romans 8, 33, 34, he says, If God says to his chosen ones that you are acceptable to him, can anyone bring charge against you? Can anyone condemn you? The Bible says, no, indeed. The second thing as I draw to a close, when I feel that I'm walking in God's love, I am bold in bringing my needs to God. When I come to God, I boldly come to him because I'm a son not a slave, no longer an orphan, but I'm a co-heir with Christ Jesus. So as a son in the house, I boldly come before my father. The Bible says in Romans 8, 14, that for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, father. Literally meaning daddy. When was the last time you went to prayer before God and said, daddy, I come to you this morning. There's a girl called Rachel Namubiru. One of the finest gospel music. She, she sings a song. You know, I have four children and these kids come to me asking of things that I, you know, they think that I'm the wisest person. They think that I have everything. I can afford everything and everything. They have no concept that I am limited. So they come and ask boldly. How many of you have children that come to you and, Mommy, I, that Range Rover. I want that Range Rover. Buy us that Range Rover. You've come in our womb with a quarter tank, you know. But to your children... You can afford everything. That's, by the way, our God, the way we view our God is the way our children view us. We are the one who knock this view out of their system. Hey, hey, we don't have money. You keep, you know. 
And then we formulate an entryway. Have you imagine your child, Uncle Noah, your daughter, coming to you and saying, I come to thee, O oh, blessed father of mine, the progenitor of the balance arm for family. I now seeketh your benevolence. Imagine your daughter comes to you. Vasta, imagine Skylar. You go like, what, what has gone into your head? Isn't that how we go before God? Huh? We go boldly to our father who loves us. And just say, Tatans, he said, Daddy, I'm here. Amen. <laughs> Finally. Finally. When I'm constantly aware of the father's love, I have peace. And this is ministry to many of you here. This final point is for you. It's perhaps the reason why you walked into these doors this morning. I have peace in the pain that I don't understand. In this life, all of us are going to go through some kind of pain. Some, so much pain than others. Many of us are going to ask why. Lord, why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my family? Some of you are going through that pain and that hurt right now. But even in your pain, God's love reigns supreme. Are you frustrated? Are you almost giving up? May you turn your heart and your mind to God. Because his love goes into the crevices of our pain and causes healing. Guess what? I received God's love 17 years ago in the midst of my pain. It was at my mother's funeral. 19 years old. Grew up in Islam. And because of the kavuyo that was at the funeral, I saw religion for what it is. And I saw these strangers who I didn't know who went to my mother's church in the village who came and literally showered love upon me. They pitched the tent when my family denied me. They cooked the porridge. They prepared the bonfire. And in that instant, I remember I had my aunt, my, who my mother follows. This lady prayed for me for 10 years that I would walk away from Islam. And every time I would visit her in the holiday, she would tell me, You live and serve God. Can you imagine? My aunt would <laughs> bless you and then in, all in the same sentence. So I reached out to my aunt the day we laid my mother to rest in so much grief and agony and pain. And I told her, who are those people? Because they sang the whole night, hymns. And they were singing of the love of Jesus. I had never heard such songs. And I won't bore you with the details because we've run out of time. But my family, my father's side, who subscribed to Islam, they could not bury my mother because she was a Christian. Kafirun, you know? And these guys that I knew not of, I'd never seen them anywhere. They literally, literally did the burial. So after we put the last bunch of soils to my mother's grave, I walked up to my aunt. And I told her, who are these strangers that would care enough to love me in the midst of my pain? <laughs> 
and that was an entry door. She got the perfect opportunity to introduce me to Jesus. She told me, Hassan, look, you're going to either live your life working for religion or you're going to embrace the love of Jesus. And for me, that was it. That was it. I was loved into relationship with Christ. And there are some people here you have never received the Father's love. You don't know what it means. Perhaps you've been religious coming to church. Today, may I offer you the love of a father who loves with an everlasting love. May you receive his love this morning. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.